0: Good evening, always has, it's hard. <laughs> Let's try it again. Good evening. There you go, good. Welcome to Wednesday Evening Chapel, To our first Wednesday Chapel for spring trimester 2013. Good job, you're here. Ah. I, I'm, I was able to make a little round. There's, there's a couple of new students. If, new students, if you're here for the first time, this your first chapel. Let me have you raise your hand a little. Let's welcome them. Let's welcome them. We welcome you to our first chapel here at NBC. We're glad to have um, an, one of our online advisors and also an adjunct professor with us this evening, Dr. Charles Self. He's going to be bringing us the word. Let's welcome Dr. Self. Amen. We're, good. we're continuing our, our theme from 2 Timothy. And we're, uh, the writer says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love, and and of a sound mind, and we believe that this evening. So let's let us stand, and we're going to sing a couple songs. And get us prepared. And this first song uh, talks about God reign in us, reign in us. The Spirit, how we welcome you to reign in us. So let us worship. Amen. You may be seated.
1: That is our prayer tonight, isn't it? That God's spirit would fall fresh on our hearts and lives this evening. And don't you sense his presence here tonight? And aren't you glad that he is here tonight? What a joy it is to to enter into worship together with one another. Our theme for this year, as uh, Pastor JC has told us, is for God did not give us a spirit of timidity but a spirit of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. And some translations also say of self-discipline. One of the earliest books written by the Apostle Paul, if not the earliest book, is the book of Galatians. Uh, The book of Galatians, Paul has a a concern for the church members that he has, has led to the Lord, and the kind of life that they are living and the kinds of the temptations that, that they are, are facing. My text tonight is taken from the fifth chapter of Galatians, the 25th verse, and the context is taken from that fifth chapter in total. The fifth chapter, verse 25, the Apostle Paul says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit." There was a little widow living in Florida. She had a very modest home. Uh, She was rather uh, elderly in age. She didn't have uh, any relatives that ever came to visit her. If She had very few relatives that were even known to to anyone. Every now and then, her neighbors would see her walking down the street, and they would pick her up and uh, take her to get groceries or uh, help her to meet with other needs that she, she may have. She had a, a, a small home, a pretty modest home, and she would have a housekeeper who would come every couple of weeks to help her to keep care of the house. One uh, day when her, the housekeeper came to help her clean the house, the housekeeper came in and found the little lady had passed away. She had died in her, her bed and died in her sleep. The uh, housekeeper called the paramedics and the officials and they came, but it was, it was too late. She had she was gone. Later, as the officials began to look around her house and going through her belongings and trying to help to decipher things, they began to find little places and little boxes where she had stashed money in all these little different boxes in different places and, Her house and they found that she had had over a million dollars stored in those little boxes in her home. But because this little lady passed away at home in the night in her sleep with no one else around, they did an autopsy on her. Uh, It's very common to to do because she had died suddenly. Um, The officials were shocked to find, find out that what the little lady had died of was malnutrition. Can you imagine that? Malnutrition? Here was this little lady who was wealthy beyond, you know, many of the, our own concept of wealth, and yet she was living far below her resources. Some would say she was living below par. Uh, it makes you wonder why. It makes you kind of question and ask yourself, why is it? that this little lady would live like that. But today, doesn't it seem that so many Christians today are living lives below par, living spiritual lives below their, their spiritual resources. They are without joy. When God offers them joy unspeakable and full of glory, they are without peace. When God has promised to give them a peace that passes all understanding, they often live defeated lives and discouraged lives when God wants them to be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus the Lord. So we ask ourselves the question, why is it that it seems so many Christians seem to be living below their spiritual resources? Why is it that so many Christians sometimes will seem to be living defeated lives when they can be free? Have have we claimed our inheritance in Christ our Lord? Have we claimed the resources that are available to us as Christians in Christ? I believe that these are some of the questions that the Apostle Paul was asking as he was writing this book to the church in Galatia there. And as I read through the, the book of Galatians, there are two key words that just jump out at me time and again with that. One of the first key words that that can be used to describe this book of Galatians is found in this fifth chapter here, and this is the word freedom. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the fifth chapter of the book of Galatians, and would you stand with me for a moment as we read together from God's Word? I'm reading out of the Nazarene-inspired version, commonly known as the NIV. The Apostle Paul says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Then, if you skip down to the 13th verse, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge this sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love then skip down to the 16th verse. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of this sinful nature. And then down to the 22nd verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You may be seated. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. One of the key words the Apostle Paul uses in this chapter is that word freedom. This month, this last month in February, we celebrated the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, the the call for the, the freedom from slavery. Uh, so February was seen as the Freedom from sla- Slavery Month. Let me just give you what I see as being the Apostle Paul's Emancipation Proclamation here in this fifth chapter. He said, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now, if you were looking at this passage of Scripture in the Greek New Testament, and beginning to look at that first phrase in the first verse of chapter 5, it's a very stark phrase. that, That first phrase is just four words in that phrase. Here are those four words. Freedom, you, Christ, set free. Freedom, you, Christ, set free. Would you say that with me? Freedom, you, Christ, set free. Freedom is not an idea. Freedom is a relationship. It is a relationship with Christ. And so we ask ourselves the question that the Apostle Paul asked, what does it mean to be free? We believe that we are free through Christ. We are free from the curse of sin and the pain of death. We are free because Christ died for us, because He paid the price for our sins and set us free from the guilt and from the power of sin. But we are free to live a life of righteousness and holiness in the Spirit. But you know, I like Bill, Bill O'Reilly. I like watching Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly has a, a, a phrase he uses all the time. He says, Caution. You're about to enter the no spin zone. I believe the Apostle Paul says to us, Caution. You are about to enter the no-spin zone. When he talks about freedom, this freedom he is talking about is not a libertarianism that we often hear today or a license that we hear today. Because when we think about freedom, we realize that there are consequences and responsibilities within the whole concept of freedom. We are free because Jesus Christ paid the price. But freedom doesn't mean that you're free to do just anything you want to do. It's not a license to go out and just live any way that you want to live. When you are, Paul says you are free. I believe he's saying that you are free to do what God wants you to do. You are free to be what God wants you to be. You are free to enjoy the life that Christ gives us to live on this earth. And you are free to live a life of righteousness and holiness and to do what should be done through Christ Jesus our Lord so how does Paul define that freedom for us within this fifth chapter he defines that freedom for us as by living by the Spirit living by the Spirit He said you my brothers are called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge your sinful nature, rather serve one another in love. You are free to live a life of holiness and to serve one another in love. So the Apostle Paul says, so live by the Spirit in the 16th verse. So I say live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. You know, the Apostle Paul had a sense of seeing things kind of in black and white, seeing life almost in black and white, rather than see it in different shades of gray. The Apostle Paul, as he is speaking in this passage of scripture, he sees the battle of life as being a battle for our hearts, a battle within our lives, a battle between good and evil, between holiness and sinfulness, between the spirit and the flesh, between the spirit of righteousness and the the carnal nature. So Paul sees these two different sides to the Christian life. And he goes on to say, but those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and its desires. There's the second key word that Paul uses in the, this passage and in the book of Galatians It is that key word crucified. The Apostle Paul uses that word crucified three times in this book. He uses it first in Galatians 2.20. The last time I, I preached, I preached on that passage where the Apostle Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live yet not I live but Christ liveth in me the life which I now live I live by faith the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me I believe that in Galatians 2:20 the apostle paul is referring to that first work of grace within our hearts within our lives and that the christian life ought to be a crucified life or maybe another way of saying it it should be a surrendered life. We say, we have to come to a point in our life when we say yes Lord, I want to say yes Lord, yes to your will. I want to live my life and accept you as my Savior and as my Lord. And We come to a place of surrender and surrendering our lives to Him. But have you noticed how easy it is to give Christ you know, our lives, and to give Christ uh, things. It's easy to give him money. It's easy to give him our possessions, our times. The thing that we have the most difficulty in giving Christ is our hearts, the very core of our being. It's easy to give him everything else. It's easy to give him everything we own. But in giving him the very center, the very core of our hearts, that's the hard place. And that's the hard thing to do because it, Paul recognized that it's in the heart, there was a little secret, it was in the heart that that sinful nature, that carnal nature, reigns within the very core of our being, in the very core of our hearts. And Paul recognized that, and Paul says that that sinful nature needs to be crucified to be put to death to be completely surrendered in Galatians 520 Paul four Paul takes the theme by saying that we can crucify the sinful nature with its passions and its desires now if Galatians is one of Paul's earliest writings. The book of Romans is one of Paul's later writings. He began to put this more into, an effort to understand more what he means by that. Because in Romans 6, the apostle Paul says, if we have been united with Christ in his death, we shall certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self, Was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer live as slaves to sin. Paul said we can be free from that carnal nature. We can be set free from the law of sin and death. We no longer have to live under the power and the guilt of sin. The Apostle Paul said we are to live in the Spirit. And if we are to live in the Spirit, We need to walk in the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit, keeping our lives surrendered to Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit within our hearts, within our lives. The third time that the Apostle Paul uses that word crucified here in the book of Galatians is in the sixth chapter, the 14th verse, where the Apostle Paul says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Have we crucified the world within our hearts and lives? Have we crucified that carnal nature within our hearts and lives? when we give him our all he gives us his all and through the holy spirit he enables us to live a life a life that is free from sin a life where we can live not under our own power under our own strength but a life empowered through the work of the holy spirit and through his grace within our lives the story is told of an an Irishman immigrating to the United States in the late 1700s, early 1800s. If you were in my Western world class, you heard us talk about the immigration issue back in the uh, early uh, 1800s. An Irishman wanted to immigrate to the United States to make a living for himself, to find work. He saved up his money and he bought a steamboat ticket and he bought some rolls and some cheese, which he intended to use for his meals on board ship. Uh, for several days, whenever mealtime would come around, he would go down to his stateroom and uh, set and eat his, his rolls and cheese. If you've ever been out on a ship, out on the sea, you know it didn't take very long for bread or rolls to become uh, kind of soggy, and the cheese become kind of hard. And finally, he got to a place where he could no longer eat the, the cheese or the, the bread. And one day, he was sitting in his stateroom, hungry and in his cabin feeling sorry for himself when he saw a steward walk by carrying a a platter of some delicious looking food and he stopped the steward and said where can I get a meal like that I'm starving the steward just kind of looked at him and said well how'd you get on board the ship do you have a ticket and he said of course I've got a ticket and he said, here's my ticket The steward said, well, sir, don't you realize that that ticket entitles you to go at any time you want to go to the the kitchen, the dining room, and eat all that you want? See, the Irishman was living below his resources, living below his means. But as Christians, we don't have to live below our resources or to live below the means that Christ has provided for us through the Holy Spirit. One of my favorite preachers was Earl Lee. He used to be the pastor of uh, Pasadena First Church. Earl Lee used to talk about when we give our lives to Christ, it's like we, we take out all of our keys and we say to Christ, well, here's the key to my car, so Jesus, you can have the keys to my car. Here's the keys to my house, you can have the keys to my house. You know, here's the keys to my office, you can have those keys too. And Jesus says, okay, I want those keys, but you're going to have to take them. You're going to have to place them on the altar. give to God our all. He gives to us His all. If you live by the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Would you stand together with me? Heavenly Father, if we listen to the words of the Apostle Paul, You've called us to be free, to be no longer under the yoke and the bondage of slavery. You called us to live a surrendered life, a crucified life, a life when we say, yes, Lord, to your will and your way. But you've called us to take a further step and to crucify that sinful nature, to give God not just the keys to our life, but to give him our total being, a total surrender. Of our hearts and lives completely to you. When we give you our all, you give us your all through the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. For those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with all its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Father, that's our prayer tonight. Help us, Lord. To say yes, Lord, yes, to Your will and Your way, but also take that further step and allow You to cleanse our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name, Amen. Brother J.C., would you have a sing of that, that, that final song one last time? Spirit of the Living God, fall fresh on me, and, that, and that's the we sing as you're dismissed.
0: Going to speak.